0: To explore new ideas. To seek out new thoughts and new opinions. To boldly opine where no millennials have opined before. This is the Next Next Generation Podcast. Make it so. Welcome back to the Next Next Generation Podcast. I'm Catherine. And I'm Charles. And today we are discussing Season 1, Episode 6, Where no one has gone before.
1: Ooh, great title.
0: What did we think about this episode? We thought it was great. (laughs) I should say, what did you think about this episode? I thought it was great. Okay, glad to know we're on the same page. Yeah, we are. I also really liked it. I'm glad. I think I mentioned the episodes that just take place on the ship are my favorite hmm And this was a great one. A little mysterious, not quite as much of a whodunit kind of mystery. No. As the last one like this, which was The Naked Now. Right. But it kind of built as it went along.
1: Yeah, I liked the unfolding narrative. Yes. It had a great... Beginning, middle, and end, each part led to the next. Mm -hmm. The flow, the structural narrative flow was fantastic.
0: Things kept changing. They did. It wasn't stagnant or it wasn't like, okay, here's the situation. Now watch it unfold. It was unexpected things happening. Yeah. But it didn't feel wrong. No. It still flowed narratively, like you said. So the episode opens Mm -hmm. with them basically just discussing what's about to happen, which is they're rendezvousing with another ship that has just had their engines... Tested and improved.
1: Right? The USS Fearless?
0: Fearless, yes. I thought that was a good name. Yeah. Picard and Riker are discussing it. Yes. Because Picard is like, well, Starfleet assigned this to us. It's already been done to other ships. It's fine. It's not actually alterations, it's just tests and advice. Right. Which we clearly see from the beginning is not really what it is. No. And Riker is very concerned.
1: He is. Again, they're showing him as having a lot of prowess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's very engaged with the operations of the ship as Mm -hmm. you expect a first mate to be even though he doesn't quite understand all of the math he did look over carefully the records and he even consulted with the chief engineer about what it was saying closely he determined himself that it was gibberish as he put it
0: yeah he even before they get a lot of information yes he's really suspicious very i think it's to the point of we're supposed to wonder by the end of the episode anyway Were these people even really Starfleet? Or Mm. did they kind of slip in and they're so far away from actual Starfleet that they got a job, you know, doing this? Intriguing. Slightly unofficially. Because Kaczynski is wearing a Starfleet uniform. He is. But he does not seem like he could possibly have graduated from Starfleet Academy. It's really hard to believe.
1: He almost seems like he's like a specialist... Who they've just given this uniform to to bring in. Right,
0: like a contractor. Yeah. But he's the total charlatan. He is. So, yeah, that was weird.
1: He successfully did this test on other ships because of his traveling companion.
0: Right. But how did he get the Starfleet commission?
1: He's a lot of gumption, I would say.
0: Sure. That seems to suggest that he wormed his way in in an odd way. He's not a normal Starfleet person.
1: Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm not counteracting that, I'm just adding to
0: now that we're analyzing it more yes in a lot of ways they make riker seem more competent than picard
1: lately they have been yeah
0: oh i think from the beginning Mm. i don't know if that continues on i feel like it doesn't we'll see but riker is the hands-on paying attention to everything yeah he is person and picard is a little bit more concerned with the big picture
1: always the big picture
0: and the diplomat stuff yeah but this engine test like he just sees it as an annoyance yeah Riker is really protective of the enterprise and all the people and he says you know rightly why do our engines need anything they're brand new they're the best we have what are they doing right to our engines yeah and i think to picard it's just like whatever we take the tech stuff as they give it that's not my chief concern
1: picard definitely has an attitude of that's beneath his pay grade a little bit
0: yeah or he just assumes those people know what they're doing Mhm. whatever
1: yeah yeah he just assumes that everything is chip shape
0: Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) nice
1: Riker is concerned for sure
0: he makes it his business to make sure everything is safe and going the way it should
1: which is a good quality in a first mate
0: Uh uh-huh they're a good team they're because of that Mm -hmm. Riker really annoys picard i think yeah in that scene and picard testily sends him off to meet Kaczynski.
1: <laughs> that was pointed.
0: Yeah, very, like, well, you go do it then, you know, if you're so interested.
1: gumbo grumble, grumble. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and then Kaczynski gets there, and he's super testy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and so he calls egos. out Picard. Where's Picard? I should be met by the captain, kind of thing. Which, yeah. he's kind of right. I mean, it's the last thing he did that I agreed with him
1: on. That was just a power play on his part he's playing politics with that yeah
0: but as important as this is supposed to be like he was assigned to report to the ship's captain i think
1: i guess so yeah yeah but he could have accepted that more readily he was just being arrogant at that point at that
0: point yeah yeah but his initial reaction like i want the captain i think that was fine
1: yeah i thought that stanley Campbell, the actor did a fantastic portrayal of kozinski
0: kozinski yeah
1: best part was realizing where i had seen him from hmm. playing dr kroger in monk yeah One of my other favorite TV shows.
0: Very different character.
1: Extremely different character. And I was like, wait a minute, I know this person. I do that a lot. When I looked it up, I was like, oh
0: my goodness, it's Kroger.
1: Anyways, that was a fun moment for me.
0: So I just assumed he was just a straight up charlatan scammer. Yeah. He actually did think he was doing something.
1: He believed his own lie, I guess. Yeah,
0: he was that caught up in hubris. Very. And he was so visibly deflated. When it turned out, he was wrong. Like he He was. acted it physically. Mm-hmm. He was so sad.
1: Hunched over. Yeah. Retreating into himself. Very yeah. small. When he walked in, in the very first scene, shoulders back, head held high, chest out. An air of extreme confidence.
0: Too much. It was obviously put on.
1: Oh, definitely. Well,
0: again, I think he believed it. <laughs> he did. He yeah. did.
1: And then to see the contrast when he realizes in the trouble that they get into being flowing across several galaxies
0: and then back and farther the other direction <laughs> he
1: just seemed completely like he had everything under control and now he has nothing under his control yeah he realized the full weight of that reality
0: for the first time yeah Riker's is not intimidated nope he says like no we need to approve this period Mm -hmm. And makes Kaczynski explain. Because he's not even going to talk about what he's doing. He's just going to go do it.
1: He doesn't seem like he wants to have a conversation about what he's doing. He just wants to take action. It's because
0: he can't explain it.
1: Maybe that's what it is. He's hiding that, (laughs) huh? Riker was great in that he was very assertive. He held his ground. Mm -hmm. He didn't back down to just being told what's what. Mm -hmm. He showed that he really wanted to be in the know. And that he was willing to do whatever he had to do to make sure that that happened. Mm -hmm. And to verbally just be like, no, that's not how this is working. I am in Mm -hmm. charge. And really did a great job of holding his own, I thought.
0: And all they get to after their conversation. Yes. Is this guy is full of it. He is. And he just asked one of the chief engineers. Uh, Hello. In this show, they said, we have multiple chief engineers. They did say that. In this episode, I mean. Yeah. So we'll see how they continue with that. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're rotating. I guess so. Like, they always have one on duty. That would make
1: sense, actually. Yeah,
0: that might make sense in some of the other positions, too. He turns to the chief engineer on duty. Mm -hmm. And is just like, will this hurt the ship? And the chief engineer's like, no, because he's not doing anything. Right. And then they're like, okay, that's why they let him do it. Right. Because they just decide it's benign. Yep. Of course, they don't know really what's going on. No. Because the traveler, well, we don't know at this point what he is, but he's the traveler. Right. He's talking to Wesley. Mm Mm-hmm boy genius he is. <laughs> Yes. yes
1: ah uh, wesley
0: oh wesley takes one look at the screen mm-hmm. that the traveler is working on doing the real business right and is like that's not right actually he just makes a face and the traveler picks up on it yep and he says, what do you think now and wesley's like oh yeah that's better who does he think he is and what does he think he saw? I don't like know. That he would know. If he knows so well, he was right there. He could have just adjusted it when no one was looking. Oh, If yeah. he is so smart and yeah. knows what's going on.
1: Another show of him being very, also, a little cocky. Mm-hmm. He's always questioning everything as a character trait, I think. Wesley always wants to know why everything is as it is going on. And wants to be in the know. Like mm-hmm. Riker, I guess, in that sense.
0: That's fair. And I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. It's just not the time and place, ever, on the Enterprise sure for a child to be like what's going on why is this oh my gosh why are you doing it this way it just doesn't fit
1: is that a vehicle for the writers to communicate exposition at the audience that is of a techie nature
0: you would think yeah and as you're asking i'm thinking yeah no yeah that makes sense but what do they ever explain with wesley
1: hardly anything
0: they really just give a chance for wesley to be like no just hit this button yeah that's his
1: character (laughs) he's the hit this button guy.
0: If they did use him to just be like, hey, what's up? And that would give the adult a chance to explain. Right. Yeah, I would be more on board with that, actually.
1: Yeah, I think they'd push into that more later on. Oh, that'd be good, yeah. I think that would be better and clearer to the audience. But he is portrayed as a boy genius and reaffirmed strongly in this episode by the Traveler's uh, almost last words.
0: Yeah, he's like, take care, Wesley. He's the hope for your species, pretty much. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, Like Air Mozart. Like Mozart with propulsion. Yes. <laughs> Have you noticed a trend in shows and movies from this era of like hero worship of composers?
1: That's a trend that is held by the 19th century composers as well. Yeah, it continues into the 1900s. And I think the culmination of that was in the 50s in mm. scholars. That There's is less a of thing.
0: that now though, wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh, there has been a shift away from that sort of thinking. in modern academia of Mm -hmm. music i have a music background that's why i'm talking about this i would say that they use that as a quick catch-all for what a genius is those composers stand in as universals in that sense in that way
0: it's just interesting to me that they thought a music composer right would resonate more with the general audience yes than say albert einstein in this context especially or newton Yeah.
1: Farther back, it's fine, but you can find a contemporary that better suits. Yeah, Newton was
0: a contemporary. Right. That would have made perfect sense. Yeah. Like, he has the mind of a Newton with this technology that you have now. Imagine what he can do. Brilliant. Hello. Music is such an odd choice. No offense. (laughs) Yeah, well,
1: (laughs) great scientists in the past don't have that same sort of cult of personality around Mm -hmm. them that has arisen due to romantic thought and oh, romantic yeah. ideals of the 19th century, like I mentioned.
0: Yeah, that's true. I know what you Particularly
1: mentioned. like Liszt, he was obsessed with Bach and helped develop personality called Mystique. There's a mystique to it, yeah. Yeah. The genius of composers.
0: So they go to make the test. Yes. They're at warp 1.5. Mm-hmm. Everything's humming like Literally. it does when you're above light speed and not dying. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, right, that's what it is, right? 1.5 light speed. I'm
1: guessing, I- yeah. I'm pretty
0: sure that's the implication anyway. Okay. We haven't addressed how they travel.
1: (laughs) No, we haven't.
0: I think it's wormhole style travel or parallel dimension. Sure. Although they're clearly talking about speed. They are. But they never worry about getting around things. Everything just slides by. And they show that in this episode. Everything just slides by.
1: It's not like in Star Wars where they have to plot a course around things
0: they use that a lot for a device in star wars like no we can't go yet like we have to plot this course or we will die
1: right i like that actually that makes a lot of sense but in star trek which i know apples and oranges Mm. they never ever do that they just go to warp speed although we could say that perhaps in some canon or some book or something The the ship does it automatically
0: they never mention it though no and the way they show things passing in this episode especially, mm-hmm. which was cool to see, by the way. It was amazing. It makes me think they're in an, an overlapping dimension.
1: Perhaps, yeah. I think we've
0: talked about this before. They're
1: accessing a higher dimension.
0: They can see it, but they can't physically interact hmm. with what's around them Yeah, while they're at warp. I honestly would buy whatever explanation they give. Sure. <laughs> Since they're above light speed. It's Star Trek. Yeah, nothing Star... we know about physics would explain this. Yeah, anyway, sci-fi. So sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they're humming along at warp 1.5. They are. And then something happens to the traveler. It does. He starts to phase. He phases into another dimension. Definitely pulling them into another dimension. That's definitely. my theory, yeah. We don't know why he's doing this. He doesn't normally do this. And he doesn't know why he did it.
1: You think he didn't know? I thought it was intentional. He said, I didn't mean to do any harm to this ship and its crew. Mm-hmm. But I think he wanted to get back home. He talked about that. He was trying to get back to his reality.
0: It, oh, I missed that, I guess. Yeah,
1: where thought becomes reality, Mm. that's his world.
0: Oh, but he didn't want to drag them all with him.
1: Yeah, he was just trying to do it by himself.
0: Oh, and using their ship as a conduit or something. Exactly. he was just going to disappear. They'd still be going warp 1.5. Right. And then they'd look around and he'd be gone. Exactly. Uh, Maybe they messed it up by stopping.
1: That is very possible.
0: Although they were far away. They were. But it's possible they could have just ended up where they started if he had just completed his thing. Yeah. Or something like that.
1: Going into... His higher dimensions, whatever that is, enabled them to go the distance overall, which would flow into the idea of a wormhole, two points in space Mm -hmm. folded together Mm -hmm. like a pinpoint through.
0: Yes, We've all seen Stranger Things, yeah. They go really fast. The ship shaking. They do show them distorting. They do. Apparently, that's what it takes to distort. (laughs) (laughs) Not just going warp, no. You thought he was trying to get home. I think you're totally right okay yay <laughs> my first thought watching it though yeah because i didn't piece it together with what you mentioned right talking to wesley had kind of shaken him up mm-hmm. and while he was trying to do the normal stuff right. he like kind of lost it a little bit because he was thinking about wesley and thinking about that whole merge and how cool it's gonna be or whatever's gonna happen to humanity lost control of himself a little and started doing that automatically because mm. they do talk so much about how thought is reality mm-hmm. so he was thinking about other things yeah. When he should have been focusing on just doing the normal test.
1: Right. I could totally see that.
0: Yeah. You saw his face when he saw Wesley, and Wesley was talking about his genius things. Like, he just seen a vision, you know? He was so delighted and awe-inspired. Yeah. Yes, he was making that face. He was making that Charles face. Charles is making the face right now. No, watch <laughs> it. <laughs> That's the face. Okay. Yes, you guys saw it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was in that place, right? and it, it started making him do his higher-powered stuff.
1: mm his thoughts were above.
0: Yeah. While his body below. His his thoughts were in the other reality. Yeah. Which is basically what you're saying. But you think he did it on purpose and I was thinking he just kind of did it by accident. Either way He did it, but he got stopped by Picard saying, Full reverse and Data was like, Uh, this is probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Our ship can't take this. Right. No one's ever done this. And Picard's is just like, well, no one's ever been this speed before. Hit the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, if we die, it'll be quick. So, okay. Picard
1: has spoken. Yeah. The captain has spoken. You do what he says.
0: So they go through two galaxies. It's lovely.
1: It is lovely. Very beautiful.
0: Yeah. They have some talk about just staying there and researching it.
1: They do. Data wants to take the chance for exploration and the mm-hmm. opportunity to explore new worlds going farther than anyone has gone before.
0: Yes data was like part of me he just has to say this we should stay. And Picard's like, spoken like a true Starfleet graduate. And I said, spoken like a robot because he's (laughs) not going to die. He's (laughs) not. He can do this fine. Yeah, no problem. Because what are they, 300 years from home at maximum warp or something? Yeah. That's assuming their ship makes it.
1: Well, Data potentially could run the entire ship without them all.
0: Yeah, that's what he's thinking.
1: (laughs) And so if they take the time to explore these worlds... Then he can get all the information stored in his data banks, mm-hmm. drive Enterprise back home, mm-hmm. and then report in.
0: Well, you know what it would be. They have all their families. They just end up in a colony ship. Right. Yeah. It would be okay, but not ideal. Sure. And then Picard is like, yeah, you know, we should just have a real science vessel come back. Right. He says, okay, take us back, Kaczynski. By the way, this is before Kaczynski has realized.
1: That he is full. Full of it. Yeah,
0: He thought he had done something and talks about how their names will be attached to his and how wonderful it'll be. It's truly insufferable.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: The Traveler is not doing so good. No. Almost making it to another reality and then getting slammed back was not good for his body. Wesley is really worried about him. Right. Okay, Wesley is way too close and is just staring at him. Yeah. It's very creepy. Yep. But you said... It's to Wesley's credit that he's worrying about someone else?
1: That is to his credit. Okay. In the previous episodes, they've shown him being very Mm self-possessed, very uncaring about other people. And this is the first time they're showing him show some real empathy. And that was a nice element to this story, to show him be truly concerned about this other being that he just met Mm -hmm. and worried that he's not doing well physically.
0: So Kaczynski comes back to engineering. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hey, let's go. Like, we're going back. Right. And Wesley's like, no, he's sick. Traveler says he's fine. And then Wesley's still worried, so he tries to tell Riker it's actually the traveler who's doing these things. He does try. And Kaczynski is to not. Credit. To his credit, yeah. And Riker just brushes him off and is like, we're busy. We're 300 years from home. Like, what? What are you? <laughs> let's go away. <laughs> I'm torn mm-hmm. on Riker's part because I know Wesley's annoying. Yeah, Of course, he doesn't want to talk to him right now. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, he's trying to say things that even the words he got out to Riker are clearly relevant to the situation. Right. It's not just like, how does this work? He's like, no, this guy did it. That sounds relevant, even if you're only half listening. Yeah. I don't know if anything would have gone differently if Riker had listened.
1: Maybe not. But Riker has been shown up to this point as being very aware of things going on. Mm. Having lots of prowess. In a key moment, mm-hmm. he failed to listen.
0: Although, mm-hmm. now that we're talking about this, yeah. most of his smarts and awareness right. are to be suspicious of people and to question their motives. Ah, It's him observing little things around him and saying, you know, does this add up? Is this the way it should be? Someone coming and trying to tell him something, we haven't seen him take that well
1: no never it's all
0: based on his observations right so actually i guess this makes sense it has to be what he observes Hmm. not what someone else tells him he has to see it with his own eyes
1: so he's a see it to believe it kind of guy
0: definitely and they do show he sees this time yeah you know the traveler phasing and he's like he even owns his mistake he does but he did have to see it first
1: He did have to see it very much in the moment, details-oriented person. Mm -hmm. who's very Mm hands-on, which does contrast with some of the other characters like you mentioned before.
0: It would be consistent with his personality that as he comes to know the other crew Mm -hmm. and respect their judgment, that we will see him start listening to them more.
1: Yeah, taking their advice. Mm -hmm. That would be an area for him to grow as a character and as a person. But
0: it would make sense now. Next time Wesley tries to tell him something that he says is important, he'll probably be like, okay, Wesley, I remember what happened last time. I want to hear what you have to say.
1: Well, we haven't gotten through all the shut-up lessons yet, so I don't know if that's going to happen, but <laughs> uh, I agree with you.
0: But that's more when he just is talking, not saying something urgent. Fair. Yeah. So they try it again. They do. They think it worked. Yep. I think. Until they stop, and they're inside a glacier.
1: <laughs> not really.
0: It looks like ice. Yeah. And then little starburst things. Okay. Starlight. Not Star Wars, like the candy. Candy? <laughs> you know, like, there was food and I missed it. Strawberry? Lime? <laughs> no. Lime? Strawberry, of course. Well, strawberry's it's everyone's the best. Favorite.
1: And cherry's good too. Anyhow.
0: First thing, it's obviously the edge of the universe before they even say it. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, reality's breaking down. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. I thought it looked a little bit like they were entering somewhere where they were becoming the microscopic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like they had not only gone to the edge of the universe, but they were in something where they were smaller proportionally than they had been. Yeah, definitely. You know, like the theories that the whole universe is some kind of organism mm-hmm. and we're just tiny, tiny organisms inside? Yes. Or something? This could have been like some organ or something. Right. And they were just microscopic inside.
1: I could see that. Yeah, it had a kind of a blood vessel y oh. flowing through mm-hmm. particles. Yeah. Maybe quantum level.
0: I was a little worried they would hit something. <laughs> I yeah. wonder if that was physical, that stuff.
1: Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think that's the question. It's the whole reality is skewed. Physics breaks down at that point.
0: So weird stuff happens while they're there.
1: Awesome weird which stuff. Which is
0: amazing. Wow. They did a really good job with it.
1: They did. It was
0: funny and scary and interesting and unexpected. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff. <laughs> I
1: loved it. That moment when Picard steps out, and it's just a void. That was like, they mean business. That was incredible. That Mm -hmm. visual was great. It was so funny when that pig showed up.
0: Yeah, Worf calls it something. I forget what. Oh, can I just say, and Picard's so visibly shaken. Yes. He was really shaken up by it. Yes. He's fine being at the edge of the universe (laughs) with no way to get home, but that was what it took.
1: Scared him. Yep. And then he immediately sees his mother
0: oh that was a great scene too wow very emotional
1: very mm-hmm. it's not a lot of said but so much conveyed through the acting and the glances mm-hmm. well done his
0: face when he first sees her one interesting thing about all the crew confronting the things they see mm-hmm. is that they never question it it's so undeniably real yes that we believe it too mm-hmm. on some level but he never says like this is odd why is my mom here? He's no. just like, no, this makes sense. This is right. She's here in some level. Yeah. Very
1: powerful stuff.
0: Very powerful. They say basically it's whatever people are thinking about that's happening. Yes. I don't know if that's exactly what it is. Okay. I think it's something a little bit more complicated.
1: More base? Because
0: he wasn't thinking about his mom.
1: Maybe it was more of a deeper longing, a deeper fear.
0: Mm-hmm. It seemed
1: to be either extremely deep fear-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has a fear of falling or fear of being lost mm-hmm. in the unknown. That could be represented by the door opening. Mm-hmm. And then seeing his mother was like, you know, yearning for someone who's moved on. I would think he, he's yearning
0: on. for some love. Mm. Like, yeah, he's specifically wanting his mom because she's died. But he's alone mm. and isolated emotionally. I like that. Yeah, I just wrote down memories and fear. Everything they think of or manifest is memory or fear. Reality's breaking down and or it's part of their thoughts. Right. I did like that they showed everything except that one pair of people was just running and they were like, It's chasing us. How oh, us, Captain Picard and Picard didn't see anything. Yeah, he didn't That was cool.
1: That was neat. So mm-hmm. they're not experiencing universal reality yeah, shifts. Yeah, but some of them individual do
0: see other people's and sometimes they don't.
1: Yeah, they do show that too because Yar notices wharfs Uh, pig pig thingy yeah
0: interestingly she's like so it's like a kitty cat and he's like yes all gruff and then he turns away from her and back to the pig and he just has the biggest grin on his face adorable i thought it was so interesting she said that and Mm -hmm. then immediately had her own memory of trying to send her cat away from danger oh yeah when she was on that planet
1: back in her past yeah that
0: triggered her memory yeah so there they did clearly show some triggering
1: they did show that Mm. yeah
0: oh maybe it was picard confronting his mortality when he thought he was gonna die that made him think of his mom
1: Ooh. yeah that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah well, you know how they show people dying in tv shows and it's like their spouse or something who's the one to meet them and tell them like it's not your time right she was picard's person Mm. like that yeah that whole section was great Mm -hmm. they did a really good job with it put a lot of thought into it i think the dancer was funny he was like "Ensign, what are you doing and i said looking fabulous looking fabulous like what's his problem now the traveler is in sickbay yes he's not doing good no because beverly can't treat him because he's not really a person or not really there
1: i think it's more of a imitation in their reality because more of him is in other realities perhaps Mm -hmm.
0: he's some physical manifestation that he needs to navigate their reality right that's all troy
1: mentioned that she didn't really sense that he was there Mm -hmm. he wasn't fully present
0: yeah, she called him a void.
1: She did say that.
0: Um, maybe it's like an avatar. So he controls it. Yeah. Not, not that literally. His being and consciousness is not inside the body.
1: Right. I understand yeah. what you meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More of a shell to use.
0: Right. So then they finally have the confrontation with him. What are you doing here? What have you done? It's really obvious he doesn't mean them any harm. Like, we don't doubt it. They don't doubt it. No. He, he's fine. He is. He just messed up. Now we think he was interrupted, right, the first time.
1: We do think that, yeah. And then
0: the other time, he really wanted to fix it and take them back, and then that's when he really messed up. Because right. he wasn't up for the journey. I just wanted to say their conversation in the hospital. Yeah. He says they never visited humanity before, and Riker's like, that doesn't make sense, why don't we have a record? Which kind of goes on to what we were just saying about him. Yeah. Yeah, someone needs to have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what arrogance, forgive me, but... We've never had any reason to visit you before, which <laughs> I thought was great because they are often very human centric and like, we're the best. We're Starfleet, you know, even though they fight it, they still fall into that a lot. Yeah. And he's just like, just kind of chuckles them off. He's not even offended. He's just like, no, no, that you've just now become interesting enough to visit.
1: Just now. Just now. You're on the cusp of becoming interesting. Yeah. You're just barely getting started here. Yeah.
0: Like we're just seeing that you're going to be interesting. Right. You're not ready for a place like this. Oh, that's part of his big apology. Right. You can't handle this because the thought's becoming reality. You don't have control for that.
1: You have to be able to control your emotions and your fears, and your memories, and your mm-hmm. thoughts to be in a plane of existence like that.
0: To get to the place where time, space, and thought merge.
1: <laughs> Ooh. That's his
0: thing. I wrote that down. And they show all that happening.
1: They do. I really like that they take the time and show more than they tell Mm -hmm. they do say it and they reaffirm it with the words but often in this episode i thought the visuals preceded some of the words and a Mm -hmm. lot of it was conveyed subtextually through glances quick reaction shots and i really love good storytelling that Mm -hmm. way it's a visual medium and when it's well done this way it's thrilling to watch yeah yeah so it takes everyone pulling together getting all their thoughts into one place card gives that rousing speech to get everyone (laughs) on board to get back home and of course during the process the traveler phases out of reality out of existence Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and they get back to their own reality their own galaxy safe and sound
0: Mm -hmm.
1: ready for another adventure
0: where and when they started i think i think so yeah yeah and it's pretty obvious he's not dead no. <laughs> they just all got what they wanted. He got back to his reality with this burst of energy, and they got back to where they wanted to be. Yes. Then they make Wesley acting against, and that's the ender. They reward him for paying attention.
1: They do allow him to have access to the bridge to learn. I do like that Picard, for the first time, is treating him like an adult. We mentioned that that was a good way for him to show that geniality that he's trying to do. <laughs> he is finally... Letting Wesley observe things, mm-hmm. letting Wesley participate, and assigning him a heavy dose of study.
0: Yes, well, he's taking the traveler's word seriously. He is. Also, I think it's about time someone gave Wesley something to do. He's
1: spending more time tinkering around in his yeah. room building tractor beams yeah. than he is taking any sort of serious studies. But
0: I think he's beyond that.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Yeah, whatever high school they have <laughs> on the Enterprise, like, he's he's past that. He is. Picard is like, you're going to study, you're going to work hard, and you're going to enroll in uh, Starfleet Academy yeah. as soon as possible. Yes. Like, you don't belong here anymore, basically.
1: Which they do get to in the show.
0: They do. Picard does not ask Wesley's mother, even about Starfleet Academy. Nope. He's just like, you're doing it. This is it. This is it. He's kind of taking on the role as his father.
1: In that sense, yes.
0: But like a crusty adoptive father that you never get close to emotionally, you know, but that still wants the best for you. Like that kind of trope from books. A lot of books have that. Totally. We're getting more Wesley, (laughs) it would seem. Yeah, we are. And they're also setting up for his eventual exit from the show when he goes off to college in real life.
1: Yep, they are.
0: So that works on a meta level. Mm -hmm. And that's about all I had to say about this wonderful episode that I enjoyed so much.
1: Yeah, me too. I think that we've covered a lot of it some really great acting. I thought Kowalski was great. I thought Picard was great. Riker great was writing. great. Great writing, visuals, yeah, good stuff. Good yeah. Star Trek. We want to see more of.
0: Yeah, moving go forward. Star Trek.
1: Woohoo! Woo. Okay, so my rating. I would give it 8.5 out of 10 acting ensigns.
0: Great rating. Thank you. I don't know if there are 8.5 acting ensigns anywhere. It sounds like a made-up rank <laughs> <laughs> that they don't really use because he was scraping his brain like what about ensign (laughs) yeah anyway i love this episode i just want to give it a special props for the writing yes because i think it's the best writing we've seen so far on the show the concept was great and the execution was great Mm -hmm. and it's always nice when you can see both happening and i love the visuals of their travels through, mm. the, through the galaxies. Very beautiful. The galaxy streaming by on their travels. Like, that, that was so cool Looked looking. really good. Yeah. My rating is, I'm going back and forth. Now that we've talked about it again, I think I am going to go with nine.
1: Whoa. Out
0: of ten, Wesley sweaters.
1: Great rating. They
0: are hideous, Oh, my people. goodness. He needs an ensign uniform. That's probably why he actually got the job. Because Picard was <laughs> like, if I see one more of these sweaters. Yes. I'm going to kill myself. And then what are they going to do? Riker's not ready to be captain. No. (laughs) (laughs) He has so much to learn.
1: (laughs) He does. He does. All right. They all do. Anyway,
0: anyway, this has been season one, episode six, where no one has gone before.
1: Thanks so much for listening. This is the Next Next Generation podcast. once again ian is on the move he crouches deadly fierce (laughs) he leaps upwards onto the top of the bookcase that he is not allowed to be on what shall happen next dun 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 Uh, cats
0: they're always trying to impress you when you're busy
1: yeah especially when you're doing podcasts and you can't move he
0: seems to have particular animosity (sighs)
1: the the fiend the fiend
0: ian ian get down right here he's scared of heights now people
1: Miraculously, after leaping over tall buildings, bounding with incredible agility. I'm so
0: nervous about getting down. (laughs)
1: Look at him. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. He's going to need assistance of the most serious sort.
0: Yeah, okay, I'm getting.
1: So instead of getting down with assistance, he chose to leap off the precipice that he previously thought was too high.
0: Yeah, he's Okay.
1: Brilliant cat. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Add us at the next next gen.